What's going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with Corrine Hanna over Zoom video. Corrine, born and raised in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and she talks about how she got into music. She knew at a very early age she wanted to be a singer, three, four years old. Her parents saw the incredible talent she had, so they would bring her to different auditions. She ends up getting a manager at a very early age, and she was on a show in Canada, a television show, where Celine Dion saw her singing and asked her to sing at her wedding. So she sang at Celine Dion's wedding at 15 years old. She talks to us about moving to New York City to work with Jim Steinman, who's wrote a bunch of songs, a bunch of hits for Celine Dion. He helped write Meat Loves, Bad Out of Hell record. She worked with him for a while, ends up signing with Cash Money Records, which is uh, owned through Republic Universal. So she worked with them for a while. And we hear all about this new project she's been releasing, which is a bunch of cover songs, reimagined versions of some classic songs, 80s songs, rock songs. She does an incredible version of Jump from Van Halen. Also California Dreamin', a crazy reimagined version of that song. And she has even more coming out from 2000s to present, more reimagined versions of uh, some massive, massive hits. You can watch the interview with Corrine Hanna on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, we would love it if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Kareen Hanna. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I appreciate you doing this. Yeah, my pleasure. Cool. Um, my name is Adam, and this podcast is about you and your journey in music. Great. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so first off, I guess uh, we'll go with where, you, where were you born and raised? Uh, I was born and raised in Montreal, Quebec. Okay. What was it like growing up there? Um, I, I mean, now looking back, uh, now that I'm out of Montreal, Quebec, um, <laughs> Um, I, I think it was pretty cool. Uh, very interesting, very different from um, the rest of North America mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, we had, uh, we grew up speaking French and uh, so envious. Like, yeah. I mean, at the time I didn't realize what a great thing that was, um, you know, because right. when you're living, you don't realize. And um um, and, uh, you know, just a very, like, ha- there's like a European culture mm-hmm. there, um, that's so different from the rest of Canada and America. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy to have had that. Yeah. Was there, I'm just curious, was there like, uh, if you didn't know French, like, would you be kind of screwed there or like, do you need to know um, enough? Um, no, you'd be kind of screwed. <laughs> That's what I thought, right? You, you have to pick up both languages pretty pretty quickly, right? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I grew up, like, primarily English. Mm-hmm. But 
you def it's a requirement. You definitely have, you know, and, and you're taught French from a very young age. So, mm -hmm. um, like everyone that, that grows up there will know enough French to get by. You don't have to be fluent, but, uh, but you have enough to get by. Um, I used to be more fluent, but I've been out of, out of uh, Quebec for a long time and I'm, and I have no one to talk to. So in French, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm they sure. say, if, if you don't use it, you lose it. So. Right. Right. I bet if you went back and, and stay there for like two weeks straight, just speaking French, you'd be able to hang. Or it'd probably come I'd back be able to, to hang, but but like it wouldn't be as as effortlessly, you know, as as before. Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. And how did you get into music? Um, you know, I think that I I think I knew at a, at a very young age that you know singing was going to be the thing for me, and mm -hmm. I think that you know wasn't I. It's crazy to think that a three year old or a four year old would know that, but I knew it. I knew wow. it. Um, yeah, I just knew it. Um, and then, then in my very early teens, there was so much validation about it for me. Like, um, um, you know, I, I was auditioning for like local little shows around my area and I was getting standing ovations at the auditions and things like that. And I guess, you know, that was the validation for me, but it was also validation for my parents that, okay, well, she definitely should be doing this, you know, like, yeah, there's no, there's no other route for her. And it's okay if she doesn't, you know, finish college because this is what she's doing. So. Right. Right. That's awesome. That you had such supportive parents because yeah. other kids may not have had that same, you know, experience where, yeah, you're a great singer, but that's something that you could just do as a hobby, right? Like you, the, to, to take you to auditions and really embrace the fact that you have this powerful voice. And that says a lot. Yeah. I think that, I think that, you know, I'm, I was lucky in the sense that, that like it was an undeniable thing. Um, and my parents were supportive because not just because they saw people's reactions to when I sang, because like, I'm not the only one, you know, that gets that. And, um, it was it was that they they recognized that like I had something that wasn't just like, you know, a, a, a nice singing voice. It was it was like, um, you know, a different level of, of mm -hmm. singing abilities and sound and sound to my voice. So they knew they knew. And also there was like, I guess, a natural stage presence or something. They just they, they recognized they knew. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you always kind of knew like this is what I'm going to do. You said yeah. at three, four years old, you knew. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, not that I, I knew whether or not I was good enough or, or, and believe me, you don't have to be good enough to be in this business. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It wasn't, it, you know, I don't think I was making sense of anything. It's just, I, and I just really remember that inner feeling that this is what I'm going to be doing regardless of whether I knew that I, I guess, I guess deep down at a very, at, at three or four, I knew that I had something without really knowing it. It was, mm -hmm. it was just, I don't know. It was just one of those very natural things. It wasn't like I'm, I'm being unrealistic at three or four, you know, how kids, you know, they want, they want to do things. Right. You know, I'm going to be an astronaut or whatever. Go, oh my God. That's exactly what I was thinking about. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I was being reading an actor, your mind. 
Yeah, you were totally reading my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's true. I mean, yeah, that's great. That'd be cool to be an astronaut, but like, mm, let's work on like, yeah, you would know, like if there was the, the, the brain like capacity, to, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But wow. That's so incredible. Like, were you, you raised in a musical household or no. you, you're just the kind of, the, okay. Very. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, my, my parents listened to the music that they liked, which was, you know, not actually like hip or trendy for their time period even. So I grew up listening to, to their cheesy music, um, which, which is good because it's a lot of like um, strong vocals, but, mm -hmm. but like maybe considered cheesy. Um, and, um, and neither one of them could carry a tune from one room to the next. So that, that's like, they, they did not have an ear for music. And then I have a brother who, you know, is, is even worse. Like he cannot say, you know, <laughs> there's, there is no musical talent. And, and yeah, so. You just my, absorbed it all. I, but I absorbed the music and, you know, I, I everything, even like um, very inspired by the music that, that was being played on the radio without even realizing that I was, um, being influenced by it. It was just, my mother always had the radio on in the background, mm -hmm. like especially on Sundays when she was cleaning the house. And, um, and I, I don't think I particularly cared for the music that was on the radio, but it was all, it was always those same songs that that was played because of the same station that she listened to. And and I guess that I absorbed it. And, and I guess to a degree, like it, it has shaped and influenced me today in, in all, all the music that I really love and appreciate. But just getting back, um, but there, my father's father, my father's father, my grandfather, mm -hmm. um, he apparently had an amazing voice and he was like a closet singer. That's what this, uh -huh. according to my parents. Yeah, he was a closet singer and they would catch him you know, singing, not in the closet, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he just wasn't out. Like he wasn't trying to pursue a career in, in, no. you know, vocals or whatever. Exactly. And, and he never sang. I, I never heard him sing, but they had caught him sometimes, you know, like when he thought no one was listening, he was like, you know, singing something. And they said that he was unbelievable, but, um, you know, I didn't realize. And so, so this is where they think that my ear and my talent came from. It, you know, it has to be. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. you, you said early on your parents were putting you in different auditions, like for what, like musical theater or just uh, it, courses? They were like, they were like, like, um, review shows. So it was like these, these, uh, semi-professional, um, shows where they like some of them were like uh, Broadway based um, like they would do like um, a song from different Broadway shows and and um, you know there was song and dance and and like it was it was kind of a big deal in, in Montreal and I would mm -hmm. and then there was also like for movies like there was different themes and it was like a like different songs from different movies there, they, there were themes to these it's almost like theme park um productions you know oh, okay yeah, and, yeah that makes sense yeah exactly and um um and i and and you know there was always like a cast of 40 
or something like that. And I was the one that would always get singled out and, and, and all the critics would, would talk about me in these, in the review of these shows. So oh, that was wow. also more, yeah, it was more ammunition for my parents to think, Oh, wow. You know, like it was undeniable. That's the path she's going to be following. You know, there's no right. way. Wow. And how old were you when you were doing these shows and getting the reviews um, about you? Yeah, it was like between the ages of uh, 13 and 16. Okay. And that's when you started really kind of branch to that part of the like business as far as like before you were 13, were you just singing like in the school choir or anything like that? Or were you always no, kind of doing those auditions? My school, my school did not have a choir, so oh. I never did anything like that. Um, I was, you know, putting on concerts in my house for my mother, basically, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, singing to to uh, artists and songs that were, you know, very challenging. And like my mother was sort of my teacher and she would sit and if I didn't hit that note, you know, that, you know, the Celine high notes and stuff, she mm. would, you know, tell me to do it again. And, and you know, she would really make sure that I focused and, and was able to like do everything with my voice, you know, like, so um, at the time I was like, Ugh. you know, I, I would always feel pressure. Oh my God. As soon as I don't hit the note, she's going to stop me and say something, you know, but now, and now when I think back, like, you know, she really, she kind of trained me and, and made me aware of my voice and stuff. So. Well, it sounds like she has an ear for, you know, pitch at least. Because if yes. you were like tone deaf, like you would be like, oh, yeah, it sounds great. Like, yeah, they would, you wouldn't even know if you're hitting the note or even close to yeah. it. Yeah, she knew. She, she, she was very artistic and creative in so many ways. And, um, and she knew. She definitely, she obviously had the ear. Mm -hmm. she, she, she heard everything and, um, um, but, but like could not execute it at right all. right that's interesting yeah. she could coach yeah. but not be not be a player exactly so yeah. i i did read okay obviously you you know you're singing at 16 and you you get uh scouted essentially or seen by celine dion uh what were you it was, what, actually, it was actually at 15 <laughs> 15 okay well you yes. need to update your website i'm <laughs> just kidding oh, it doesn't say it says 16 uh-huh Oh, okay, well, it's I'm just 15. joking with you, though, yeah. but it does say 16, yeah. but you don't have to update your website. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so okay. you're 15, 15. What are you singing on? And like, so tell me about like, the, like set the stage for me. So you are on, it says you just said like a television show on Canadian broadcasting. Like, was it a, like a competition singing competition or what, what were you singing on? And, and how did that happen? I was singing on, on a, on a local Quebec French TV show because I um, I had management at the time who you know if you're living in in Quebec in Montreal like that's the natural path is that you would go into French because that's you know that's what you would do mm -hmm. I was not comfortable with that because I wasn't born French per se I was born you know on the English side of things even though I could speak a little French. Mm -hmm. Um, although my mother is, is, was born in France and grew up in Belgium, but, and came to Canada, but we weren't a French Canadian, you know, like there's a mm -hmm. difference. Um, so I didn't grow up with that culture. And, and at that time there was a lot of, uh, 
political issues about uh, Montreal separating from the rest of Canada. Um, oh, weird. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, because they wanted everything to be French. They didn't want anything English. They really wanted their own identity. It was a whole thing. And, and I was like, you know, a Jew from, from the English side and not, you know, a Catholic French Canadian. So mm-hmm. there was a little like, um, not animosity amongst the people, but, but there was a division, I would right. say there was a division. So anyway, I, I did this French TV show because my manager wanted me to get ex- gain exposure. And, um, and my manager knew Celine's manager. And uh, so they happened to watch the show and Celine saw me on the show and she said, oh, I want her to sing at my wedding. And that's how it happened. She wow. saw me on the TV show. Yeah. And my manager was also the leader of the most popular band slash orchestra of Montreal. And so because she wanted me to perform, she also hired the orchestra. Plus, you know, like, I don't know a whole horn and string section, of course. Of course. Because it's, yeah. it's Celine Dion, of course. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I want all of it. <laughs> she wants all of it and she can have all of it, if you know what I mean. Right, right. Um, and, um, yeah, so that, and that's how it happened because... Did, did it, you do, like, a yeah, whole set or, like, did you sing her, her... What? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. She wouldn't have seen you? No, I was going to say, she wouldn't have seen me if, if not for the fact that my manager and her manager like knew each other from like way back. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was just like a fluky thing. And it's, I mean, she was, you know, already so well set in her career. She was always already a big star. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fact that she happened to watch me is, I mean, because there were other performers on the show and the fact that she tuned in and heard me and Another thing that, that's not been written about that, that I don't really talk about that much um, because I, maybe because I'm not 100% certain, I just want to mention it. No, um, this is awesome. Please tell me. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, on, the, on that French TV show, I sang uh, a song called The Power of Love that became... Um, that same year, it became like a monster hit for for Celine. Um, and there is a theory from my ex manager. He believes that it's because I sang it on the show. Like it was already a cover tune when she when when I did it, and then when she did it, it was already uh, people had done the song before her, and I had done it. Um, I was. I forget who told me to do that song. I forget somebody, I, don't, I forget who in my team suggested that song. I definitely didn't pick it. It was picked for me. Mm-hmm. And then she saw me sing it and then she recorded it soon thereafter and then had a monster hit with it. So oh, there's, wow. yeah. So there's the theory is, is, is that she heard me do it and, and that's what sparked her to record it. And, you know, I'm sure that's the truth. That's that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Wow. It's because of the timeline. It's just really, you know. Yeah. Th- yeah. There's no coincidence that it like 
she heard you sing it. She reaches like loves you enough to be like, hey, I want you to sing at my wedding. And then, you know, and the same breath kind of takes a song that you were doing and does it herself. Right. I mean, she killed it. She, she, I mean, she did an unbelievable job. My version was not quite the same. You know, she had it reproduced and, you know, all this stuff. But uh, yeah. I, well, I who mean, would have given her the, the idea, right? I mean, that's, that's that I would, I'd be claiming that if I were you. Yeah, I, I should really start talking about that. I would own that. I would. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. What was it like playing at her wedding? Was it something that you were doing, what, the reception? Or did you get to sing as she's kind of coming down the aisle at the ceremony? No. Like, what was it like? She had a very religious ceremony, as I heard. I wasn't at the ceremony. Um, I was part of the reception. She had 500 guests. Wow. Um, yeah. And I... Um, I sang a duet with her. I also, I mean, I did you I really? Her. So you got to perform with her uh, at the wedding? No, no, I did oh. not. No, 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 no. I was going to say that I, I did a duet with her favorite male singer. He was oh, flown cool. In. Yeah, he was flown in from from LA. He's recently passed away. He he was, and I understand why he was her favorite because he he's an amazing. He was an amazing singer. Um, and um, uh, David Foster, who's a very yeah. famous producer yeah. and songwriter. Yeah. 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 So he accompanied us on on the duet. Um, wow. Yeah. So that was a really amazing moment. I, I think I didn't realize what, what what the hell was going on. Who was, was the singer? Unless you don't, if you can't say, I'm just curious. His, the singer, his name is Warren Weeby. Okay. Yeah. And it doesn't ring a bell, but I want to look him up after this. That's in, that's yeah, so cool. Yeah. He was a very well sought after, um, like session singer and people used him on so many different things. Um, like everyone in the industry knew of him, but maybe like he wasn't famous to the public. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, a great voice and he was a great guy. And after, after the gig, he sent me uh, a, um, a card saying that it was wonderful to meet me and to do this with me. And he told me, you know, if you ever decide to move to L.A., you know, come, you know, let me know. Come look me up and I'll, I'll help you out. Wow. And, yeah. And and I I was definitely thinking about it, although I was very young. My manager said, well, I would go with you, you know, let's maybe we should take him up on this and spend a little time there because I thought, oh, you know, contacts. And mm -hmm. um, then shortly thereafter, he passed away. I believe that when I was oh. actually considering of potentially taking him up on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you ended up going to New York instead, right? I ended up coming to New York because um I had some opportunities here. First of all, it's a much easier travel from Montreal to New York. <laughs> sure. Where, so where, are you, where are you situated? I'm now in Nashville, but I'm originally was born and raised in San Diego. So I was, oh. you know, I just moved here with my family a little over a year ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a Cali yeah. kid, born and raised. My oh, kids were born kid. yeah, in San Diego. And yeah, now we all I live hear, here in Nashville. I hear the weather in San Diego is like perfection. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. <laughs> but I love yeah. the seasons here. It's nice. It's cool to have well, snow. You, you know what? Winter. It's because you never had it. So 
So you're, you're enjoying it for people that have had seasons. Don't love seasons. Right. It's funny how that is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They'd rather be sitting in 70 degree and overcast weather for their, yeah. The day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's sometimes gets hard on the body, hard on like you, you, you get allergies because mm. there's all these different changes in the season. Then you got to yeah. worry about your wardrobe. You know, it's, it's a whole thing. It's a so, whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So you go to New York and yeah, what so took like, you to New York? Was there opportunity there or you just said, okay, yes. this is obviously the next thing. No, it's because there were opportunities um, um, because uh, a very big composer, one of my all time favorite composers um, producers, songwriters, um, Jim Steinman. I don't know if you're familiar with that name. Uh, oh yeah. Wow. Okay. So he you came knew from, him. No, I did not know him. I knew that, that I was a huge fan. Okay. Um, but, um, he somehow, uh, um, a demo of mine got in his hands and I got a call from his people saying that he wants to sign me and record with me. So uh, you can't imagine how quickly I came to New York. <laughs> like, yeah. Like really, yeah. Oh my God. Cause um, he was doing what me, he did meat loves records. Right. Oh, that was, yeah. I mean, that was his like big, big one. Meat loaf and Bonnie Tyler and Celine. It's oh, I didn't know he did Celine. Okay. Now. Wow. Okay. You, you know the song it's all coming back to me now. Yeah. Oh, that's him. That's oh, I didn't him. know that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I knew he did Bat Out of Hell in a lot of the Meatloaf records. He did a lot of the Meatloaf records and obviously one of the biggest selling albums of all time, Bat Out of Hell. Yeah. And uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart for Bonnie Tyler. And Oh, I didn't know um, he did that one too. Wow. Yeah. It's oh, legend. Yeah. Wow. Legend. Okay. And he, he passed away last year. Did he? Because so did Mil- Milov passed away around the same they, time. They then. actually, yeah, uh, no, a year from a year apart of each other. So I guess Jim is, or nearly a year, but or or in the same year they both passed away. Because uh, well, yeah, Milov passed away in January, honestly. like not like this year, like at the beginning of the year, right? Yeah, he died. He died of COVID. Yeah, I remember. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, sad. And Jim, Jim had been sick for a long time. So it, it, we knew, we kind of knew that was coming, but okay. um, yeah. Um, yeah. So hold on. I'm just trying to get comfortable. Okay. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah. So he so I, signed you. He, he heard your demo. Like a, you just doing. Uh, yeah. yeah I, so I had, I had been coming to New York a little bit with my manager mm-hmm. and hooking up with songwriters and either collaborating, sorry, pop-ups, either collaborating um, with songwriters and, and recording like uh, original songs um, or recording songs that I, that were originals that I loved um, from that, that were, that we were receiving. And, and I was, so I re- recorded quite a few songs and some of those songs landed in his lap. Oh, I know how now I remember. Um, a, a songwriter who had written for Celine um, had heard about me through his wife because my manager reached out to her because she did 
this 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 thing at, at, a, at a venue in New York City, legendary venue called The Bitter End. Oh, yeah, and I know that. I know The Bitter End. Yeah, it's a legendary room. Mm-hmm. And she does this thing once a month called the Songwriter Circle. And where where she ha- where songwriters come and they they play their their music um, for for people. Um, and I, although I wasn't a songwriter, somehow my manager got me in one of those nights. So um, so I, I we we drove to to New York and I did one of those um, with an original song uh, that I co-wrote. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and this songwriter by the name of Peter Zizzo was there and, and he had, he had, has written some hits for, for Celine and um, he's the one that ha- knew Jim somehow and somehow passed my, my demo to him. And that's how it happened. Like it's, wow. it's all, because, yeah, it, that's how things work, you know, like really, mm-hmm. It's not the traditional way. It's like always like this fluky, lucky little moment, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's how I, I I worked with with Jim. He signed me. He had a he had an imprint label on Sony called Ravenous Records. Mm-hmm. So I I recorded a, a ton of music with him, but then we had a falling out after two years, um, just because of his he had some mental health issues and things were not moving and and. It, it, it sort of fizzled out, but all this to say, he really didn't have, he didn't work with anyone else after me and didn't, didn't produce or, or write for any, anyone else after me. So, wow. Yeah. And you ended up so signing it, to a different major label, right? So then I signed with cash money universal mm-hmm. um, and put out a bunch of music with them. Um, had some, you know, mild success. I, 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 my, some of my, uh, my two first singles charted on the billboard charts. So that yeah, was that's nice. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Got into the top five. So like, can't complain, um, <laughs> you know, had the opportunity to do some really amazing things like tour, do some really, you know, heavy duty, sophisticated and high end music videos, um, you know, it, it was nice, very, very nice. Um, and then recently I signed with a new label um, called Heart Songs Music Group, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, um, and so and that's where I'm at now. Just because like I could have stayed on the Universal Music uh, label, but they are, as you know, uh, hip hop, rap. Yeah, heavy. I mean, Cash Money is really half. Was your sound then that style or not? No. nothing like that? <laughs> no, nothing. That's no. crazy I, that they would sign you. Like, was that a pretty, like, for you, were you kind of like, huh, Cash Money Records wants me? Like, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, so at the time that they signed me, you know, it's all about timing because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really fast forwarded because in between Jim Steinman, you know, and Cash Money, I was on the verge of signing with so many majors, but it, but I was very unlucky. All the labels folded just before we, oh, we right. okay. like, like EMI, I was mm-hmm. about to get a deal with EMI, but they a lot folded. of them got absorbed, right? Like are sold and then, you know, dropped a bunch of yeah, artists. Electra, yeah. Electra. I was even, you know, so there was, like, DreamWorks, and, and it was, I think was one. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And 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 so I, I at that point after all of that I'm like oh geez I'm just going to put out music on my own like that's what I was thinking I was signed to a um, a an indie label um, after uh, the Steinman project for for a brief moment I did a project on it um, um, it's they're they're called Breaking Records they're no longer in existence but I did a really interesting uh, album with them that I'm very proud of, but, you know, that was at that time. But I was looking for something bigger. And um, so what happened was I was sort of giving up the whole idea because I'm like, I'm just don't have the luck here. Um, And um, my entertainment attorney at the time was playing my music on his computer in the background and his big clients were cash money. And they happened to be in his office my music was playing in the background and they asked him, Oh, who, who's that in the background? Oh, that's my client, Kareen Hanna. And, uh, and as a joke, because they're a hip hop rap label, you know, urban label mm-hmm. as a joke, cause I'm a pop artist. He says, why do you want to sign that sign her? And they were like, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> and, that, and that's, literally how it happened and it was just a joke but at that time they were looking to expand their label into other genres they were they were thinking they were gonna like because they were they were they were and i mean they're still a bit the biggest one of the biggest labels you know yeah i mean they're um, massive massive talent on their on their team exactly so um they so they had a pump, pop country girl for half a second i was the pop princess um, they had, you know, uh, um, Kevin Rudolph was signed. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, he had, he had a great song. Um, the, you know, so, um, and then Jay Sean, who was, well, he's R and B, I guess that's, you know, a little more in the urban, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. But so they didn't really know what to do with me, but they signed me and, um, they basically gave me, you know, free reign to, do whatever I wanted as a pop artist. And, and my manager at that time was a different manager from the one back home, a new manager, you know, kind of steered me in a direction that it was sort of like pop dance at first mm-hmm. and dance clubby EDM. And, um, you know, it wasn't what I exactly wanted to do, but I trusted him and, and the label let him do whatever he wanted it, it worked out a little bit for me, but, but then after that, we kind of didn't know where to go. And, mm. and then, and then the COVID hit. And during that time I started recording at home and learned how to record myself. And um, I had such an urge to, you know, do this, this covers project where, you know, just, I was so inspired by, by songs that people know and great melodies and about like reimagining them. And uh-huh. so that's what I started doing on my own and, and reevaluated my situation with, with uh, cash money that I think that it's time for me to move on because they, because they'll never let me go if I want to stay because they love me, but they're really not going to do anything for me, you know, because, because it's really not the right fit as a label. Right. So, 
Yeah. I was and, assuming that they wanted to hire you on to sing hooks or something for like, you know, juvenile oh, or whatever, you know, like, yeah. oh, we'll sign her so she can sing hooks on Lil Wayne's yeah. record or whatever it was. But they they, they actually had they don't okay. do it like that. And and I and I was very close to doing a hook for Nikki, you know, oh, okay, the, yeah. before the before the pandemic. Um, and I it fell through because they ended up, I, I forget they ended up going with a, a superstar, you know, like she did it, she ended up collaborating with a superstar, but but I was, you know, I thought about so for half a second I was like, oh my god, okay, this is it, you know, yeah, this is that's it. cool, yeah. Well, the, I but, love what you're doing with the covers. Uh, like, thank you. I, I mean, the the way like reimagine is a great way to put it because you play jump and it's like, wow, I didn't realize the like you you really kind of uh, like listen to the lyrics, right? Like, wow, I didn't realize that the, he was like these lyrics are really deep. I I just think of you know the you know the the chorus, right? You're just thinking of jump and the you know dun, 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 like that part, but you hear the way you present it, and it's like, whoa, this is like really a a deep song. I, I'm telling you, like honestly, that's and that when when, when I finished that one, I remember thinking, my gosh, like who would ever? I never stopped, just like you said, never would have listened to those lyrics in a million years. Like, yeah, you just think about might as well jump, but you, you would never put it in, in a perspective that these are lyrics that you would want to listen to. And it brings on a whole new life and meaning to the song. Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like a different song, but it's the same song. Who knew that David Lee Roth could write lyrics like that, you know? Right, exactly. I don't think people give him enough credit because it's like, no. yeah, that's a huge hook and and it's a great song and, and it's, it's totally a, a poppy hit, but like you don't really listen to the words or, you know, as much as you would if you didn't, if you didn't know that this is just a gigantic, you know, hit. You listen to it the way you present it and it's like, whoa, like this is really a good song. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when that was the first one that I had recorded. Um, and when I when I finished that one, I was like, I, I'm on to something here. I, I have to keep going because like it wasn't like, oh, there's a strategy. I mean, there is a strategy in a sense, but but it's 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 um. I, I guess that I just I just knew that this concept what that it would be impactful for people. It's a fresh way to listen to songs that you already know mm -hmm. and love. I'm not trying to like diminish the, the original versions, but you know, I, I know for myself that I get tired of listening to some of this these songs after like, you know, I wouldn't go and listen to jump over and over again because I've heard it, you know. It, a million times. In, in my existence but but hearing it like in my way now it's it, it like it refreshes it. It, it it's a new perspective on it so you'll you're going to listen to it again because it it's not really like the original so mm -hmm. but, I was you're really it, but you're right, familiar right. with it yeah i was really impressed by your version of california dreaming because that song has been covered by a lot of artists right and it's usually very similar it's either similar to the original version or like a sped up like punk version of the song but your version i mean the how the vocals like the the layered vocals are and like i was just like whoa like again a, a, a version of that song i would have never thought 
I would have heard. Like when I when I saw that you covered it, I'm like, oh, okay, that's that one's been done. And then I'm like, whoa, this doesn't sound like anything like what anyone else has done. And and I I ended it where I ended it, which is I know like who who does a one minute song. Right. I don't know. When I got to that, I was like, I can't add anything to it. I don't want to go into a second verse. I could have. We I mean, the plan was we were gonna continue on. But I don't know. I was just so satisfied with just, I don't know. There was something so impactful about just ending it right there, you know? No. And, and it's when I was listening to it, like I listened to it a couple of times and I was, I was just imagining like that will be taken for a massive movie trailer. I would say within the next two years, somebody will be like, it, that's what I think of. Like I think of hearing that version, your version, like sitting in a movie theater for some, you know, DC film that's coming out or something like that. Just like the, the, the feeling of it, just how it's presented. I think that's the hope that, you know what? I I can totally picture it too. And that's the hope. Cause I think it has definitely that, that vibe, you know, it it has that. Like cinematic vibe to it. Like where it's like, they need to be editing some like dark trailer to this. (laughs) Like, I just, yeah, that's the, what I was thinking of like, like second, third time I listened to it through, I was like, it'd be, this would make a rad like trailer. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I mean, um, you know, I, I, that was another thing that I was thinking about heavily when I was doing this project that I, and I started this whole, um, you know, inspired project um, during the pandemic and mm-hmm. um, uh, oh, sorry about that. Okay. Um um, is is that for licensing? You know that a lot of these songs would really work well for movies and and like Netflix shows and mm-hmm. you know all you know movie soundtracks and yeah. yeah. That's, I was definitely thinking about it. Although this latest single, I'm I'm I we me and the label think of it as something more than just that. Yeah, which with Sound of Silence. The, the, the well, um, sound well, that's part of the classics EP. Okay, I have, a, I have a um, which um, is sort of we, we didn't release it as, as a single, we, we released it. it. We we technically released it as an EP, so I think there's five. Oh, or six okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. That, I thought you had yes. it. Okay, now I get it. Sorry, yes. Yeah, so there's no one like breakout single from that that was just like from the classics i mean it doesn't say classics but um all the gold covers because mm-hmm. if you've noticed that all my all the covers it's all part of the same project the yeah same yeah, yeah yeah so the black cover is is a rock category the, the silver is the 80s um the gold is classics and um and then there's another category that's going to be released. We're going to release the EP. Boy, I'm popular today. Uh, um, like probably in, in July or August, it's the 21st century pop category. Oh, so, okay. Yes. We're, I'm reimagining songs from the year 2000 up to present day. Can you give us any hints on some of the songs or add um, a song? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I've, I'm doing uh, well. I have already in the can. Um, uh, Miley Cyrus, um, "Midnight Sky." Oh, I love that song. That's yeah. such a cool song. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Um, 
uh, Olivia Rodrigo, um, Good For You, okay. a, re- a reimagined version of that. Um, and we're, I'm doing um, a version of, of, of a Keen song. You know, the, the Keen? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I know Keen. Yeah. Which one? Um, the, the, the big one. Um, uh, Somewhere Only We Know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So Keen, okay. Keen, Olivia, Rodrigo, uh, Miley Cyrus. Cyrus. And and what else do I have? Um, Oh, and I'm doing, um, oh, I'm doing two mashups. One is, um, which I just finished the vocal for, is Kelly Clarkson's Since You've Been Gone. Uh Uh-huh. So a whole reimagined version of that. But I'm also, I'm I'm, uh, mashing it up. With a, with a song from the 70s by a group called Rainbow, which I didn't know beforehand, but but my lawyer brought it to my attention because it's the same title. So it's also called Since You've Been Gone by a group called Rainbow. They were huge in the 70s. Oh. This song, Since You've Been Gone, was a massive hit for them, apparently. And, and I really love it. It's really great. I mean, I got to really love it. So we mashed the two together, and it's really phenomenal i can't wait to hear it that's so yeah. awesome uh, yeah i love i love your take on the songs that i've heard so i can't even imagine like hearing some of these how they're going to come together i mean oh, yeah, keen, like, yeah somewhere only we uh, somewhere only we know like that's such a cool song and like to hear your take on it i'm sure it's killer like i and I, like you. i said i love what you're doing so i can't wait to thank hear you. this this new record I and i appreciate your time yeah of yeah. course I appreciate your time today. Uh, one more question for you before I let you go here, uh, Kareen. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Um, my advice is that put blinders on um, while you're working on your craft. Um, don't look at others too much. Um, because it's going to discourage you because there's so much talent out there. There are, there are so many artists and so many avenues to be, <clears throat> to be seen and heard. You can get so overwhelmed by, by all the noise around you. So just to focus on what you're doing, be proud and just keep going with what you're doing and your craft and don't get caught up in, in all the noise. 